The Angel Feast Magic Hour. The Angel Feast Magic Hour. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. I'm excited. We're here with another guest today. We're here with Melissa Beam. And I'm excited. We're going to be talking about astrology, herbalism, and all sorts of stuff. So for, firstly, I would just love to have you introduce yourself to the audience, just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So my name is Melissa Beam. Uh, you can call me Mel. I am an herbalist and uh, an astrologer. I study whole science astrology and I do natal birth chart readings. And I'm also a skincare formulator. So those are some of the things I do. I'm a mom and I'm excited to be here. And where are you located? Oh, yeah. I'm located in New Jersey. Oh, so, okay. yep. And right now, if people are interested in connecting with you, they can find you on Instagram and yes. then we'll also share your site and everything in the show notes. Yeah. So I'm the, the owner of Templo Wellness and um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Templo Wellness. So Templo is like temple in Spanish, um, wellness, all one word or templo.us is my website. Amazing. Well, yeah. I'm so excited to talk with you. We met like maybe 20, 2019, 19. I think it was um, 2019 that we 2019. met. 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we took a class together and then, um, yeah, I've just been connected with you on Instagram and I love everything you post. I love your energy. I feel like you're, I feel like, um, something that I admire in you is like your groundedness and like centeredness. I feel like at least from what I observe, I feel like um, a lot of people interested in astrology or like spirituality in general, it's really easy to go out into like this la la land kind of energy. Yeah. And I feel like you bring it back to like the body and relating it to like what is important to us in the moment. And I think that is really Thank interesting. You. So yeah, you I'm could get lost. I've gotten lost in it. You could really get all up in the stars and just like lose your footing. You have to like ground yourself because <laughs> yeah. it's so much fun. You can like live in the clouds, but you got to live in this earth plane. You have to remember the most important planet is earth. <laughs> exactly. So um, what, what are your three signs? Your big three, as they say. So I am a Taurus sun, uh, mm. cancer rising, big cancer rising, um, and a Scorpio moon. And um, oh, really? those are my three. Yeah, lots of water and, and earth in my chart. Actually, lots of fire too, but, um, but those are my main three and definitely feel those quite a lot. Yeah. When is your birthday? April 25th. Oh, so you're in April. I know a lot of Taurus, but mostly May Taurus. You know, what and I, I feel like there's a big energy difference between them. So what you'll notice um, with signs or what I've observed in just doing all these birth charts and connecting with people, learning their signs is like the later in the zodiac season you're born, the more of those like uh, archetypal traits you're going to have. So um, you were born, were you born in June? Yeah, mine is literally right 
before cancer, the last day of Gemini. So you have, (laughs) you have like so much Gemini energy because of that. You probably, and I know this, I think from that episode, you have like a stellium in Gemini of like planets. So you have a lot of air in your chart. And so like, if someone will say like Geminis are super creative and super uh, witty, right? And they sometimes have a short attention span for things because they're easily distracted. Like, th- like you have that, but you have it amplified, you know. But I love my Geminis. One of my best friends is a Gemini. <laughs> yeah, I'm Gemini Sun, Moon, and like a bunch of other ones. So yeah, yeah. Oh, your Moon is in Gemini too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then my rising is Libra. So it's also air. Oh, wow. You know, (laughs) like I've noticed the people whose charts I've done that have the most air in the charts are the most psychic ones. It's the air element that, that like I've noticed from the people who are the most psychic. Oh, that's Um, interesting. Yeah. Especially air rising signs, like Libra risings, like really tapped into um, spirit like water if you have a lot of water in your chart you also have kind of that intuition but it's more like an inner knowing like a deep gut intuition whereas like with air science it's like transmissions that you're getting is like they're like transmissions so that makes sense you get it differently yeah yeah but that's really cool (laughs) I wasn't surprised at all when I saw that you had so much air in your chart I was like Grace is so gifted she's got so much going on there but that's why I admire about the earth like people and the fire people I feel like you know it's now that I know a little bit more about navigating like just being a human Mm -hmm. it's easier to have all that air but I feel like growing up I was very much not um in my body at all yeah because there's your default right you're like now learning how to bring in the balance of it and so yeah you're gonna need to be conscious about like what you take in and like your lifestyle and I've seen you you've been doing that you've been like going on your walks you're eating healthier you're you're like grounding yourself no you're you're doing so good like (laughs) so from when we first met like it's like day and night like how much you've like um like change like your face just looks different I don't I don't know how to describe it but like your face just looks different like you look vibrant not that you didn't look vibrant before you always had an angel face but you look super vibrant now and like that's just a testament to the work that you've been putting in thank you I really appreciate that yeah yeah that means a lot to me well I'm excited something that I like to do is just kind of like take a peek into other people's lives Mm -hmm. so if there's anything that maybe you do on like a daily basis or a weekly basis that you feel like taps you into your body taps you into spirit like some kind of ritual is there anything that um it doesn't necessarily have to be astrology but something Mm -hmm. that you bring into your daily life so my mornings are a little bit more like hectic just because you know I have a I currently have a nine to five um, and I have a toddler. So the first thing I do is actually check the baby monitor <laughs> to like, you know, uh, see how she's doing. And sometimes like, I don't wake up when I'm prepared to, I just wake up when she wakes up. Um, but one thing that I do every day, I drink coffee every day. Like I enjoy that cup. 
And on the days that I don't have her, um, because I co-parent with her father, um, I walk to the coffee shop and that walk kind of like clears my mind and gets me ready for the day. At night is when I do most of my rituals. So like after I put her to sleep and she finally falls asleep, I'll bring out my tarot cards or my oracle cards and like I might pull tarots or I'll like read a book or something. It's just, I'm really drawn to that. And so I'm like trying to learn um, more about like um, looking at the the signs with the tarots and, mm. um, and understanding like the card significations. So that's been, that's been my, uh, my latest obsession. I got to connect you with um, my friend, Megan, that's been on the podcast because they're really into that too. Like um, pulling the cards and then looking at like what's going on and not only for you personally in your chart, but like the, I guess, collective astrology of the moment. Um, And I think that's so, I think it's so valuable to take those little moments and kind of be able to analyze them. Yeah. Because there's so like 30 million things happen in the sky every day. So like pulling in something that relates to it, I feel like helps us, at least me, helps me understand what's going on. Because for me, it's very overwhelming. That's why I, I like to have people on who know more about it because yeah. it's so endless. I mean, I, yes, but like you don't need to know all of it to have it be valuable to you. Like I can study astrology for the rest of my life and I'll never be an expert, for example. Right. But with Tarot, what, what it does is I think it, it connects your pres, it connects you and your life story to something that's bigger than you, because you're seeing how spirit or whatever is out there is reflecting back to you, what you're going through. And then you're kind of getting those messages so it's like kind of connecting you to something greater and like that mysteriousness, I'm all about that. My Scorpio moon's all over it. I'm like, yes, like give me more of this. Like what else you got for me? So um, it the, the other thing I noticed is that like I'll dive deeper into kind of those spiritual modalities in times when I'm going through extreme change or where I feel emotionally like I'm going through a lot. It's like, it, it's like my... Um, my haven you know like you gotta have something to kind of fall back on to um get through the times that aren't quite as easy you know like just like kind of knowing that you're being seen even if it's by the cards or spirit or whatever just like feeling feeling seen and acknowledged and then there's a there's a bit of letting go right because if you're reading the cards you have the choice to accept the message that's being given to you. And so a lot of that is accepting the situation as is and knowing that it's going to change. So that's, that's the other part of like pulling tarot that's been so like amazing to me, you know, it's, it allows you to let go and not hold on to how you think, how you think things should be so tightly, you know? I love that. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we'll like, pull on our desire to connect with these tools like to almost avoid that of like what's happening next like what's in the future like rather than this is what's happening now and maybe I can see in the future it's going to be better but that doesn't necessarily change what's happening now oh yeah being able to say yeah this is what's going on they read you for filth too like I was (laughs) I had done like I I had met this 
I had met this guy and I, I really liked him. And I thought, I was like, well, this could be something, you know? So I like, I pulled, uh, I pulled Tara right after it. And like the overall message was, I kid you not, there is a better option. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I didn't want to like, believe sorry. that. But, you know, um, he ended up ghosting me shortly after that. So the tarot cards were like on point. You know, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, they. I feel like it's, um, I always see memes about this too. Like the tarot is a little bit more of a harsh, like truth message than like an oracle card is sometimes like a little more gentle. Like you're going to be okay. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> tarot cards like, they don't care about I don't know about that the they're just they're out to just like they're just reading you for filth at this point they're like listen girl no <laughs> <laughs> do you um know like what your personal card is um currently no because I I'm I work with different decks based on like what um what I'm in the mood for, but I do know that during the time just before I moved around the time that I initiated um, some of the divorce proceedings uh, this past November and December, I kept getting the high priestess. Mm. Um, So that one was coming through a lot. Um, And then um, recently I've been getting the moon which is funny because of the, you know, the eclipse season that's coming up. So um, it varies, I think, with what's going on in your life, right? So I had the high Yeah, there's certain ones where I see people will use new, like your birthday to see like what your card is. Like it's like yeah. a, a, more of a, like associated with your birth. That seems a bit limiting, don't you think? I think so too. Mine's lovers and um okay. I feel like I don't know. I don't know if I identify with that. And how uh, is the lovers one based on your birthday or is that the one that's been coming up for you recently? It's based on my birth day. Oh, so if I added like my that's numbers, yeah, so it's like connected with your sign and things like that. Yeah, that that one is just that one was just lazy that they attach it to your birthday because Gemini's the <laughs> twins. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel um, the Hierophant energy a lot for me personally is what I feel has been coming up in the you've last been, like- You've been playing that card a lot? Years. Yeah. Or six months. I mean, not six years. That's a long time. <laughs> I've been pulling that one. Um, but I think the moon is a great card for you, like that inner reflection and like being able to tune into that. Yeah, it's it like challenges you to use your intuition more because the, the moon card also, at least from what I've been reading, is um, it kind of shows you that not everything is as it seems. Like there is more. Um, and often the situation will eventually reveal itself. But what it tends to tell you is like the current situation isn't what it appears to be. So use your intuition and wait for the messages to reveal themselves and like be open to listening to and receiving the messages. At least that's that's what I've garnered from from that, which isn't really helpful, right? Like, because you're just like, okay, so the guidance that you have for me is that it's it's to the they appear. cool um <laughs> what things 
when so <laughs> but no it's about having faith having faith that stuff is going to work out <laughs> yeah and I think sometimes too like tarot be is kind of different I feel like from the astrology because there's not time really frame for it it's like you could pull this card and maybe five years later you understand what the heck happened yeah but astrology well, is like more thing, timely yes and so not. the interesting thing is like so the tarot cards almost all of the tarot cards um are associated with with a zodiac sign or an element or a planet so um I think like the emperor is associated with like Aries or like Mars, you know, um, and obviously the moon's associated with the moon. There is one, I think the hero fit might be associated with Jupiter, um, might be ruled by Pisces. So like there is different, don't quote me on that. Someone who's like an expert on this is going to be like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But my point is that they're associated with different parts of the Zodiac. So there is a connection there. I'm not yet an expert in it, but there, um, what you'll notice, and this is what, this is like the connecting point between tarot, um, Ayurveda, astrology, herbalism, and um, Chinese medicine is the elements. So yeah. you're going to have fire, air, um, earth, and water. And those, and then I think in Ayurveda, there's also ether, right? Which is like the void, nothing yeah. else, but we'll skip that for now. But like the four elements, that's what's consistent within all of those modalities. So if you have, a, if I cast your birth chart, I'm going to see all the elements in your chart. I'm going to see your the ratio that you have of water versus earth, air and fire, right? And if I do your Ayurvedic disposition, you know, and I do kind of like that assessment to see what elements kind of are ruling you right now, it'll tell me how much earth, air and water you kind of have. So those are those are all things that are kind of translatable. And what so, is your um, dosha? I'm a kapha. I'm kapha and um, I have little bits of vata and pitta. Um, but I'm mostly kapha. I run like cold and damp and I'm like curvier. So I have a lot of water in my chart. Um, and so you definitely can see those connections. Yeah. In I your see the connections. Chart. And so what, what you notice is like, even if someone like physically doesn't look like someone has a, like someone who would have a ton of water in their chart, they might suffer from ailments that someone with a lot of water has, like they might get, um, like uh, swelling of their joints, right? Like that's too much water accumulation, too much dampness. Um, and then oftentimes like, so someone, for example, with a lot of air in their chart, they might suffer from like nerve pain because air is associated with like, kind of like that function is you might get some nerve pain that you need to address. And then a lot of fire is excess inflammation and excess heat, heat rising. So you notice people that have like a lot of fire in their chart, they are prone to getting like inflamed red skin. Sometimes they have a reddish tint to their hair. So it's, it's really interesting how those modalities just by the elements, you can, you can kind of see, you know, like how someone is made up. Yeah. It's so interesting. I see a lot of clients from facials who have rosacea and I'm now going to have to find out what their astrology is. Well, That's it can also really be, yeah. So like with, um, 
they they could be um so when you look at medical astrology for example like capricorn like every zodiac sign rules a certain part of the body right so capricorn rules the knees the shoulders and the skin so mm-hmm. someone with rosacea they might have capricorn rising because the first sign um it represents your physical body or they might have a capricorn sun um so so they may not necessarily be like an aries or a sag they may have like some capricorn placements because that's where they're experiencing the inflammation so like i for example i have mars which is like the red planet and it it's fiery inflammation and i have it in the sign of capricorn i suffer from eczema Um, so when I'm in the sun, I get like breakouts from eczema. I mean, there's ways that you can palliate that. Like if you're eating a healthier diet, you're less likely to break out from it because eczema starts from the inflammation starts within and it's just activated when you're in the sun. Um, but yeah, like, I'm like, it's so visual sometimes. And it's so, it's like ridiculously literal sometimes how someone's chart will actually absolutely tell you like some of the issues that they may have like medical wise. It's crazy. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I think mine is hands. If I remember correctly, Gemini. So Gemini rules like the arms, uh, the hand, well, hands is co-ruled by Pisces. Okay. Uh, the hands and feet are co-ruled by Pisces, but yeah, like the, the hands, it's kind of like a mercurial thing because Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So your arms, your shoulders, and your lungs. So sometimes mm-hmm. if you'll have issues with your breathing or your lungs, um, that's a Gemini um, ailment. But you're also a Libra rising. So it's going to be some of the Libra rule things that would affect you more likely. So you like would physically. need to Yeah. So you would need to um, focus on foods and herbs that are supportive of your kidneys because Libra rules the kidneys and your um, endocrine system, like your your stress response and stuff. Like so some of that grounding stuff like ashwagandha and that. And then um, what else is Libra? You'd also need to ensure that you're um, that you're having like a regular menstrual flow. I'm not sure how like we might need, but like you need to make sure that you're having the right herbs to ensure that you're having like that's a, a actually something form. I'm working on like my period um I used to have really I mean I don't know if anyone cares about we talk about all sorts of stuff on here but I, I um talk about all sorts of stuff. like I used to have a really regular period maybe until a couple years ago and now it's like more not sporadic but just spread out so mm-hmm. I've been uh supporting I go see an acupuncture person that's very good um but I've been doing raspberry leaf tea raspberry leaf tea is good um but any suggestions for like um I guess like not necessarily mm, cramping in like the womb area but more my lower back I'll get cramping any suggestions cramping in your lower back do you get um what are some of the symptoms that you get around the time that you're supposed to get your period do you get like swelling um Um, I'll get like like inflammation usually like in my back Mm -hmm. um and I'll get more emotional symptoms like irritability 
And how do you do with herbs like um, cinnamon or ginger? I love them. I'm a okay. big cinnamon and cardamom person. Okay. But I usually just do um, with those kinds of things. I just put it in like powder form. So I don't know mm -hmm. if it's better to take like a tincture or something. So what I would do is um, like immediately when you told me that I was thinking of the of yarrow. Mm -hmm. um, yarrow would be um, so yarrow. I would kind of palliate it a little bit because I would add a little bit of ginger or cinnamon to the infusion to help drive the blood flow because like energetically yarrow is cooling and drying and you don't want too much of the cooling and dryingness. But the reason why I like yarrow is that it's, um, it's a natural nervous system relaxant. So it'll help relax the nerves in your lower back. Cause that's like the tightness that's happening. Yeah. So it helps relax the nerves in um, your back. It's the only, um, herb that I'm aware of that is a stimulant. So it helps stimulate blood flow, but is also cooling at the same time. Like the other herbs that stimulate blood flow are heating. They're like cayenne pepper, cinnamon, ginger. They stimulate blood flow and rosemary, but they're like warming on the constitution, but yarrow slightly cooling. So it cools. And what it does is that it relaxes the capillaries enough to open them so that like your menses and like your circulation flows better. And it's also a natural diuretic. So it's supporting, so it supports your kidneys. Oh, and what you may what notice. You're saying too. Yeah. So it supports your kidneys. Um, and the only thing is you can't really take it long term because you could get liver toxicity because it is a little bit strong. So what you could do is like the you could do an infusion every day or have a tea every day, like uh, for a week. Um, before you're you're supposed to get your period and then so what will happen is you'll get your period more regularly you won't get those cramps uh you won't get as much of the bloating and you won't have as much of the pain so I i'm would going do, to literally yeah. make it after we talk okay. <laughs> after we're done <laughs> yarrow and cinnamon. I, have, I have it in my cabinet yeah so yarrow and cinnamon and if you want a little bit more um moisturizing you can add a little bit of uh of marshmallow root or marshmallow leaf I was um, just gonna say I have that too <laughs> but but um that's very mushy Any yeah but cinnamon cinnamon is the most in it cinnamon is the most in anyway so you don't necessarily need the marshmallow root yeah because what what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a balanced formula so if yarrow is cooling and drying you want something that's moistening and warming so you get the cinnamon, which is warming and it's demulcent, so it's moistening. So you put those together, it makes a balanced formula that it's not gonna dry you out and it's not gonna like, I guess, ha give you too much water. Um, I'm gonna, I need to book a session because I have more questions. <laughs> okay. But, um, but that's, that's really not for helpful. everyone. It's very dependent on your constitution. On your body, yeah. Kapha types do better with yarrow. Kapha types like curvier women like us, yeah. we do better with yarrow. It's so supportive. It's like, so it's better than chamomile tea because I know chamomile tea is often recommended for that. Mm. Um, yarrow is, is stronger. Oh, cool. Yeah, I took this class a couple years ago um, and we worked with like different plants for a month. So we got to work mm. with yarrow and like from more of a spiritual energy perspective, it was all about like, cultivating boundaries um 
protection and like yeah spiritual protection so I'm like intrigued to see how those things kind of I'm not surprised it's calling out to you because when you're connected with so much spirit you gotta have something to protect you (laughs) yes yeah yeah little warrior inside of the body fighting off them uh there's some in my yard too it's blooming there now all the yarrow here is dried out I guess I'm it's like it's it's pretty much dead by like but it grows throughout the summer a little bit about September is when it stops around here but my house is right on a main street so I'm a little hesitant to use the herbs because I don't yeah. want the you know the off gas or whatever from the people driving it sucks up. yeah it sucks up yeah you want to be careful not to pick any harvest any yarrow that's like by the roads because it it, it could pick up toxins in the soil however you could um uh pick some dry and hang it by your bed for protection oh like um, more just in the room you could use it in ritual you could use it in ritual instead of consumption and it would still be just as effective mm-hmm. um but yeah if you want to use it for consumption like mountain rose herbs they have really good um quality organic herbs um they source from small farmers which is which i like cool um, yeah yeah where i live is like one of the most famous herb shops okay which is really cool so if anyone's local you can go to um rosemary's garden but the woman who started his name is rosemary gladstar she's like og herbalist Get out of here. That, yeah. that's her that's her you know i met her i did an oh, herb really? walk with her yeah this was oh, that's so cool i think it was back in it was back in 2019, August 2019. It was like the New England Women's Herbal Conference. And she was one of the teachers there. And I did like an herb walk with her. She's like, she, she's, she's like, like, the, a little, like an OG. Yeah, she's an OG. <laughs> and like, she's so funny because when when she's walking around and she's like telling you about the plants, she's got this like light giddiness. Like she's not human. She's like a fairy in a person's body. She's like, she's like, no, no, the plant doesn't like it when I touch it like that. She's like, she's, oh, th- this one's calling out to me. She's like, let's come over here. Let's come over here. Oh, oh. And like, she'll like interact with the plant and she'll be like, well, echin- echinacea, she just loves, you know, and like she she speaks about the plants like they're people, you know? And and she's like, and and she'll be like, oh, they're yelling over here. They want me to, they want me to show you them. Like, <laughs> She's that's like, so cool I've never met her so like <laughs> um I know she's like in our area um mm-hmm. and that store there's like a you know uh they have dried herbs formulas and you know they sell other people's products but yeah. I know they ship like everywhere so it's really cool it's like it downstairs yeah. from the spa that I work at so I'll go in there and I get oh my god it's right next to that spot and and I hear from your your promos that you're offering in-person Reiki sessions I am I'm really excited that's dope it uh, just I might worked out you. very I might have to do a trip to California if you're ever in northern California. California there's <laughs> lots of um lots of hiking lots of beaches it's like a good a lot of people come in spring and like this time of year because there's yeah. a lot of, and I don't really drink but there but for wine people there's lots of activities out here gotcha <laughs> yeah um so for people who don't know like what how would you just briefly explain like what is herbalism 
Yeah, so herbalism is essentially like what 80% of the world practices, you know, <laughs> it's just, we've been so westernized to um, look at uh, medicine from a clinical perspective that we sometimes completely disregard um, like natural herbal medicine. So herbal medicine is essentially using either your food or the herbs and teas and roots at your disposal to, um, to treat, to bring your body back into balance. When your body's off balance, that's when you'll have like um, illnesses and other symptoms. And herbalism is a way to help support your body in getting back on track. Beautiful. So that's, that's what I consider it. But um, I feel like I'm right in the middle of kind of understanding the importance of like clinical trials in Western medicine and then like herbalism. Whereas like, let me tell you, I was one of those people before I worked in pharma that thought that um, pharmaceutical companies had the cure to cancer and weren't sharing it. Like there was that theory, <laughs> right? Like that we have the cure to cancer and we're not sharing it. I can tell you that that's not true. <laughs> because if we had the cure to cancer we would share it and we would monetize we'd it. make money exactly. off of that shit, yes exactly. for sure lots exactly. of money i think that's a thing that people think a lot like oh well you know the doctors the industry wants us to be sick so they can profit off of the medicine but mm, kind of but also they would make money off of that too I would say, I would say there's a time and place for everything and you have to use your own judgment for it. So if you have a cold, right, you don't necessarily need to go to the doctor and get antibiotics and the strongest amount of codeine or whatever to like help your symptoms, right? Like you can absolutely use herbs to help get you back to health, right? When you have a cold or something, you take some elderberry to help amp up your immune system, right? If you don't have an autoimmune disease, you can use an herb like echinacea to help shorten your cold symptoms as well. And the reason why I say autoimmune disease is because when you have an autoimmune disease, your body rec doesn't recognize parts of your own cells and it attacks them, right? And so, that's what's happening to someone with lupus, for example, where their body is registering their own cells as an external pathogen. So there's like a fight inside of that person's body. If you bring in an herb like echinacea, which is um, an immune system stimulant, it basically powers up your immune system. If your immune system is all powered up, but targeting the wrong things, <laughs> like your yeah. own body, it's not good. So I would just, you know, the caveat, like, you know, as long as you don't have an autoimmune disease, you can use herbs like echinacea and, and other, and St. John's wort and other antiviral, you know, immune system, like amping up herbs. But if you do have an autoimmune disease, you want to go careful. You want to have more things like reishi mushroom and elderberry that help support your system, but they don't like get your system ready to attack because you would be attacking your own cells. Um, oh, that's so interesting. I never knew that about kidney. Yeah. So, so there's that. And then there's the thing, if you get diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, no amount of turkey tail mushroom is going to help you get better. That is an acute issue and you need to go to the doctor and like get the appropriate cancer treatment for that. You can use herbs and supplements to do it, but like 
you know, a five day sweat lodge retreat isn't going to, you can't, you can't pray away a disease. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a time you could support it, but you're not going to, it's not going to just disappear. So Western medicine shines in acute situations like that. We've had, we have patients that are in complete remission when they only had a few months to live, you know? Um, but then, you know, if you continue to take things like, I don't know, ibuprofen, every time you have a headache and you have a headache every single day, you're just um, causing liver toxicity and you're going to give yourself an ulcer, you know, so there's, there's, not there's a balance. The symptom. Yeah. Yeah. You're not treating the symptom. So I just, I want to give people the information, you know, and then you can use whatever tools to, to get what you need. But the first thing, the, fir- the most important thing about herbalism and Ayurveda is knowing your body, right? Understanding yourself. So um, that's why I practice vitalist herbalism. And I study with uh, Seja Popham. He's, um, I found him through a podcast. <laughs> cool. But um, he incorporates Ayurveda and those things because he'll tell you, he'll tell you this herb is good for this body type and not for that body type. Mm. And that's really important to know. You can't just blanket prescribe everyone. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an herb, holy basil. That one's super gentle. It's not, but you can't just prescribe everyone like the same herb. Oh, motherwort. You can't prescribe everyone motherwort. You know who's having menstrual problems because motherwort is only good for certain types of menstrual problems, right? And it's not good for everyone's disposition. If you're like a vata constitution, which means you run cold and dry and you're very thin and you're very fra- and your your frame is very petite um, something like motherwort if they don't use other herbs to palliate it can actually exacerbate your symptoms yeah. because it's cold it's constitutionally cold and drying so if you give that to somebody who's already cold and dry all the time it's probably going to make their symptoms worse so it's about like understanding your body type and your client's body type before you actually start to give them recommendations. Just because something like in a textbook is says that it's good for this, you have to take into account the fact that our bodies are biodynamic, right? Yeah, I think that's so important. Like, I think when people say, oh, it's just a plant, like it's tea, like, but it can really affect your body in profound ways, which is beautiful, but you can't just like take 30 herbs without Mm -hmm. doing any research. And if you're taking any medication, like diabetes medication or mental health stuff, like you definitely need to make sure the herbs are safe for you to take. And I don't like to just recommend herbs on the fly to people, right? Like for you, I was able to recommend herbs because I've seen your birth chart right? Like, um, and I know um, a little bit about your medical history because you had shared it with me in the past. Like, so like I had a little bit of that information. So it's not like just by what you were telling me and me looking at you, like I have to take into consideration all of the things, you know, normally you would want to do like an intake form from someone to really get to know, you know, what's going on with them and when the symptoms started. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken like, um, Chinese herbs before. Um, but only based on like my acupuncture person telling me after working with me for a while, 
Like it wasn't like, okay, you see me for five minutes and then here's all these herbs. Yeah. It was like, I went for like a couple of months and then they were like, okay, let me try these things. And, and they were really helpful. Supportive? Okay, good. Yeah. I, I only had to, someone, one of them I only had to take for like four months, but it was like, mm-hmm. I was having a lot of digestive issues. Um, and I might ask them if I get back on it because I'm having similar problems, but it was mm-hmm. like, um, essentially like these little pearls, but they're made with herbs. So you take it like a supplement. Um, you don't have to like put it in tea or anything. So okay. it was really convenient. <laughs> yeah. Cause the yeah. teas, um, just take time. You have to sit there and drink them. Yeah. There is, I like the fact that herbs come in different forms, right? Like ideally you're going to want to do like an infusion where you let the herbs sit for a few hours in the hot water and then you strain it. And the reason why that is so great um, for most things is because, you know, the liquid covers more surface area within your body. It covers more of your urinary tract, more of your bladder. So it's like working on all those areas, especially if you're trying to address something from that area. However, pills, hey, if, if that's all you have time for and pills work, do your pills. If uh, me, I'm, I'm a big fan of tinctures, especially because I take, um, I take tinctures to help like get me to sleep. You know, I have like a very busy mind. So to, to calm my mind down at night, sometimes I'll need to take like a little bit of uh, valerian root tincture, mm-hmm. um, just like a little dropper full in half a cup of water, or I'll do like milky oats. Um, and that one's good because it also supports the heart. It's like, it's a cardio restorative. So it gently calms you down, right? There's natural minerals in it to help restore like a burn, burned out adrenals. And it is like, it's like a, it's like a hug, like a little gentle hug for your nervous system. Milky oats. Have you tried those? I have, um, I'm, I've done infusions before with them. Yeah. So that's something that I think would just be helpful to outline for people real quick. Like what is the difference between like a tincture and like a infusion or a tea? Like what would be other than like we said, time constraints, like what would be the benefit of taking that versus that? So a tincture is generally done with like the fresh plant matter. And what you do is that you macerate it in, um, in an alcohol and water-based solution And what that does is that it draws out not just the water soluble properties, but the alcohol soluble properties in the plant. And most of the alcohol soluble properties in the plant are the essential oils in it. That's what Mm. you get with the alcohol. So um, you will notice that for, if you want sleep support, a tincture will probably be better for you because those, um, those natural oils in the plants have more of the compounds that are supportive of your nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. There, you, you get more of that, right? You could also, you could do um, a tea, but a tincture is fast and you get more of those properties. Um, we call them nervines. They're like nervous system relaxants. So California poppy, um, some of those, you get more of the benefits from the fresh plant matter. That's like where all of the essential oils are kind of extracted with that alcohol solution. And then you just get like, a very potent extract of that plant. And so like, I've done an echinacea tincture, Um, that's really potent. And echinacea is 
I know people like to use it for colds and viruses, but like historically it was actually used as a blood purifier. Like if you were bitten by a snake or some something venomous, mm. they would use echinacea. That's how potent it was to help purify your blood. Um, not that I recommend it for now. Like if you get bitten by a snake, like go to the hospital. <laughs> but that's how potent it is as oh. antimicrobial, antiviral. Like like it's it's very strong medicine, and you get a lot of that when you get it in a tincture. And the tea is also really powerful because echinacea was one of the first herbs I had. Like because I would take echinacea tea when I was sick. So a tea, you know, is obviously a tea, right? You get a little bit of the dried matter and then you pour hot water for a few minutes and then you drink it. An infusion is a tea, but it's a tea that's been sitting for longer. So um, if you get like a mason jar and you pour hot water over, let's say an ounce or half an ounce of herbs, you let that sit for four to eight, sometimes even overnight. Um, I let, I just, I pour them, overnight and I just I I go to bed and then in the morning I strain it that's like a long form tea and the reason why someone would do an infusion is that the longer you have some herbs in the hot water the more of the minerals you get out so you get some of those essential oils but the minerals take a little longer to come out of the plant so minerals like magnesium selenium um, you get more of those when you do like a long drawn out infusion right so you have the tea, the tincture, which is usually alcohol-based. You have the infusion. The other thing is called the decoction. And tell me if I'm boring you. No, this is okay. interesting. <laughs> okay. So um, <laughs> no, it's good. So a decoction is um, is basically when you um, bring an herb or a root to a boil and like simmer it for a while. So mm-hmm. you would do a decoction of elderberries, for example, to make elderberry syrup, right? You would um, bring it to a boil and then simmer it for like 45 minutes until you have that elderberry extract. Same thing with what about the sh- sh- I never can say it correctly. Shishan, sisandry berries. Oh, shisandry berries. Yeah, you could do that also. <laughs> I have I mean, some, I don't, I don't and I'm like, I didn't know what right. to make with them. Shisandra berries, that's really, that's really supportive of the female reproductive system. And it's tart um, and, and tightening and toning. Um, yeah, you, you could definitely do some shisandra berries. I would mix them for, from a flavor and efficacy perspective. I would mix them with some hibiscus flowers. Mm. They have a that's lot That's my of plan things. of the year, hibiscus. I, I work is. with, like, I pick a plant every year and I've been working with hibiscus. Um, but mostly just tea and flower essences. I love that. I'm really that, into flower essences. <laughs> nice. My uh, my a friend of mine, Anna Anna Hackney, she has like a she has a small farm here in Jersey called Naked Botanicals. She makes flower essences. Oh, cool. Yeah. She she said she was gonna make me a custom one. I'll have to follow up with her. But she's really cool. She's. I'll have to connect. Is she you on both. Instagram? I'll have to yeah, follow her. Yeah, I'm gonna connect you both so you can talk to her because she she makes them. She's really that's connected so cool. To them. Mm-hmm. I've made some for myself, um, and but m- mostly I'll just buy them because I'm and like, which which flowers have you have you gotten? I've been working with hibiscus pretty much the whole year. Oh wow! Um, okay, it's like more from an emotional perspective for me like with the hibiscus but it is a lot about like yeah connecting with your blood like your ancestors but also like healing 
kind of like sacral chakra stuff like sensual sexual healing mm-hmm. um which is i think coincided with like stuff just going on with my period like just trying to yeah align everything correctly um but i worked with rose for a full year or actually for two years and that's when all my medium shift mediumship stuff opened up like really wide for wow. me I and love um I found out too like from my aunt I did a medium reading for her mm-hmm. maybe two years ago or something mm-hmm. and my great-grandfather came through and he used to grow roses and she told me all about his like rose garden and stuff and I didn't know any of that so it was just like really beautiful for me to oh see oh gosh. that makes sense <laughs> so it was really cool <laughs> That's so beautiful. And I love that um, you have the hibiscus this year yeah, because that's really supportive. So you would do like a triplet. You would do, um, I would start with equal parts Shisandra berry, hibiscus and Damiano beef. Ooh, uh, that would that would really open up your sacral chakra like nobody's business. I need that, yeah. You're gonna have I to have a tea game. that has a Damiana in it and I really like the way it tastes. Yeah. So if you do a triplet with that, I think that'll, I think you will see some effects and then let me know how it goes. (laughs) I'll let you know. Um, So let's see, I'll take a look at my notes, make sure that I'm staying somewhat on task, but I'd love to know, like, I know you incorporate like more, I guess, food as medicine kind of stuff. Like, is there anything that you're really enjoying right now or anything like that like a little recipe you might want to share with us I really like um um steaming uh some of my vegetables and then coating them with um toasted sesame oil and coconut aminos as um kind of like a alternative to soy um soy sauce um it gives it such a delicious flavor, but toasted sesame seed oil is also very warming. So it's great to have in the winter months and then having the steamed vegetables, you can even roast the vegetables, but having kind of the steamed vegetables really helps support your digestive system and like the warm effect of it just kind of helps your body navigate through the changing seasons. Um, and if you want added flavor, you sprinkle a little bit of um, everything bagel seasoning on top of that once you've coated them. A little Delicious. garlic bite. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So th- that's a favorite. And my daughter loves it. And I basically just cook for her, like, you know, anything that she likes, I'll just like make for her. Um, so she really loves that. She likes salt. Um, what else? Um, I, I just got a juicer. Mm, so I, I'm, I'm really excited. So it's like this little like cold breast juicer. It's called the slow juicer. It's called like mama's choice. You can get it on Amazon. I swear they're not paying me for this. <laughs> but um, but I, I like that juicer because you can juice things like burdock root. Um, mm. And burdock root, I've only had it in the tincture, but like if you actually see the root, they they sell it in the Asian markets. They're long, right? They're very long, but they're very um, they're very fibrous, and they're they're tough. And so some people they they cook it and they chop it up in a stir fry, but for me that's an acquired taste, and it's not 
a taste I've acquired. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you actually put it in a juice, it'll mask the taste, but you'll still get the benefits from it. So like I, I did. It's really good for your liver, right? It's amazing for your liver and your skin. So if you're mm-hmm. having things like psoriasis and eczema breakouts, burdock root is one of those things that supports your liver, but it gently supports it. Like there's things that support your liver, but they're like, they, they like, they did talk, they're like really harsh or they're very, like, it's too extreme, I would say. Like, so for like St. John's wort, for example, that one can be intense for the liver. Like it detoxifies the liver, but it can be too intense sometimes for people. So if you're just starting off with herbs and you want to gently support your liver, burdock root goes deep and it's gentle and it's a little bit of a nervous system relaxant. So it'll also help you get better sleep. Mm, um, if you have some, so you just chop some up, put it through the juicer with some apples and ginger and OJ or whatever. And it's delicious because you can't taste it. Mm. I've been having like the last, not this week, but the last two weeks before that, like, uh, like unsustainable craving or like unattainable craving for carrot juice. Like I kept making multiple carrot juices and I was like, I don't know what this is about. Like, but there's something I was like nutrient needing in my body. Vitamin A. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, I made it multiple days in a row. And then I went to a juice shop and I was like, I'm just going to buy some because I don't want to have to make it again and clean how, my juicer. How long does it take you to make it with the juicer? Is it just, the it's not that long it? to actually make it. It's just like the yeah. cleaning it out process after. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes this, this juicer is like easy to clean, which is why I bought it. It was only like 60 bucks. You know, they give you the $20 off coupon. It was like 60 bucks. I was like 60 bucks for a juicer. Yes. Let's yeah. Cause it. when you go to a juice shop, it's like, six bucks for one juice so at least that in California. Why i purchased it um so <laughs> there's a whole foods by me and the juices that i like are 11 dollars each for a 16 ounce bottle 11 dollars, and then some are 13 dollars. <laughs> so i was like i'm gonna buy a juicer and i'm gonna make my own juice and that's that. what i did and i and i feel a little bit vindicated in that i still bought the juice a few weeks ago but i feel better <laughs> that I don't have to buy it again <laughs> I'm really into beet beet juice too I'll do beet and carrot together and it's really pretty it's really pretty and it's it's very good for you um it's not a lot of people have cravings for stuff like that it's good that you you're so tapped into your body that you know what your body's like requesting of you yeah. it's taken a long time because I feel like for me I was very much only eat white foods kind of person as a child like just mashed potatoes and bread you know so it's like learning what is delicious too as Mm -hmm. well I, I I had to learn all this stuff as an adult when I was little like I mean I was one of three in my household I'm actually one of four on my dad's side but like uh my mom she was a single mom working going to school like what we ate was craft mac and cheese, Chef Boy ID, so stuff out of a box, yeah, a uh, can, and then kicks. Uh, we didn't really have vegetables or fruits, like, we didn't eat like oranges for 
like we we didn't have like i'm still i feel like it was apples and that's it like which is the most boring fruit sometimes sometimes (laughs) apples but like i didn't i didn't like the macintosh apples you know and that's what was available honey crisp or bust i'm a honey crisp (laughs) person (laughs) that's my favorite apple that's the only one i like this is the only one i buy i like the yellow (laughs) ones too actually i don't know what they're called oh the golden something they're called golden something but (laughs) the green ones aren't bad the green ones are good in juices they're too sour for me (laughs) but in a juice that that would be good yeah or if you um if you put some peanut butter on them it it like helps the sound or some almond butter like just cut up a few slices as a snack have you tried it i'm allergic to peanut butter but i could do something else like i'm a big sunflower seed butter i don't know how it would taste with tahini it might be kind of weird it might be a little weird but But i'm a big tahini person and i love sesame oil so that's i'm gonna try your little recommendation yo it's good i mean it's just honestly like i like to cook um just whatever i think my daughter would enjoy eating like i i can i can cook all types of things. I know how to make souffle. Like I, I used to be super into cooking and it's just, unless you have someone to cook for, whether it be a friend or roommate, whatever, like it's just not as enjoyable if you're just making it for yourself. Yeah. Like a so. fancy 17 million step meal. Yeah. So she's given me, she's given me like the joy of cooking back you know because oh, like that. you see her eating she's like stuffing her face you know toddlers they're just like they have no filter they just tell you if they're enjoying it or not so <laughs> that's cute yeah so um something I was curious about like when you were pregnant or like kind of um pregnancy to postpartum was there were you taking herbs or anything like that because I know I've never been pregnant, so I'm not an expert, but I know there are certain things you don't want to take, like if you are pregnant. Yeah, it's funny because I did a lot of research on that before getting pregnant, and I was like so excited to try it out and share the knowledge. And I ended up having, um, it's called hyper, it's HG is the acronym for it, but it's basically excessive nausea throughout the whole pregnancy, like the entire pregnancy. And so it was extremely, (laughs) yeah, it was extremely humbling for me because it was like, it was the one thing I couldn't really use herbs to fix, Yeah, you know? So I had extreme heartburn and um, I was throwing up multiple times a day. The saving grace was that everyone was in quarantine. So like I would be dialing into work calls and conference calls and then I'd like say my piece and then I put it on mute and then like my head would be in the toilet. Like that is how sick I was um, like throughout the entire pregnancy. So an herb that really helped me was Gatorade. Um, uh, so Gatorade was really a little electrolyte balance. Yeah. Uh, mashed potatoes or regular potatoes, uh, chicken breast, um, and eggs, egg and cheese sandwiches. Those were like the only things I was able to eat pretty much. That's interesting. I feel like (laughs) eggs are so intense sometimes. Yeah, for some people, whereas me, like I, I eat eggs every morning, like I, well, almost every morning I have like, in the morning, I have the appetite of a football player. 
So like I need my egg sandwiches. Um, so for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. But um, one thing that I did try to do later on in the pregnancy, I did try to have um, like infusions. So like nettle, raspberry leaf, um, those are good um, to have because they help tighten and tone the uterus and kind of get ready. But um, what most herbalists will tell you is you shouldn't take herbs um, like that, like raspberry leaf and stuff that kind of tones the uterus until your third trimester, mm. right? Because that's when you want to start getting your uterus ready. Like taking it beforehand can um, mess things up a little bit. So like when people take herbs, they shouldn't take it until the, the last um, trimester. And then like milky oats, like a milky oats tincture, you could take it throughout your pregnancy. It's, it's super gentle, it's a nervous system relaxant. And one thing that like um, pregnant moms often have is they get insomnia, mm. um, you know, besides being uncomfortable and not being able to kind of lay right, uh, a lot of moms get the pregnancy insomnia and milky oats really helps with that. It helps. That's to interesting. I didn't know that. You get. Yeah. Did you notice anything with like your skin? I know I have a lot of clients that get like hyperpigmentation and like melasma and stuff during yes. pregnancy. Did you yeah, have that? Yeah, so I... I mean, not so much on, so you get this line between like the top of your groin to the bottom of your belly button. Everyone kind of has that little line. When you get pregnant, it gets darker. And um, also your nipples get darker. And oh, really? apparently, yeah. And apparently the, re and they get larger. They get larger and darker. <laughs> <laughs> that was unexpected. They're getting ready so you, the baby can find them. So that's the thing. So the reason why our bodies do that is because um, uh, babies have poor eyesight and it helps them find the nipple better when it's I was darker. just joking, but that makes a lot <laughs> of true. sense. That's why. That's why. It, it's like, it's like, boom, like here they are. Here's your food. Um, and, and so that's why. And then it actually doesn't go away till like months after you're pregnant. So your body's still kind of uh, adjusting. Um, you get obviously some stretch marks there but you know when you're pregnant like your skin is actually pretty good like your skin is good um at least like from my experience and then my hair was growing you know I was I had this like nice because what you're doing is your body's producing human growth hormone like natural human growth hormone so all this stuff is just growing more you get your joints are more um flexible so like I, I naturally have TMJ, you know, so I have tightness here, but I didn't really have that when I was pregnant because all your joints are loose. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. So that's so interesting. Things. Yeah. Your, your body changes so much. <laughs> yeah. And our jaw is like so much linked up with our hips. So I wonder with like the expansion in that area, if it was like kind of loosening up the jaw somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So it loosens everything up. I mean, um, so you'll like, they tell people to do like pregnant yoga. Cause like when you're, um, one, it helps you get ready for birth. It helps prepare your body, right? Like you're toning up some of the right muscles to help push better and you're relaxing some of those muscles. But the reason why pregnant yoga is so popular is because when you're pregnant, you, you're more flexible, your joints are looser. So you're more flexible. So you're able to like open up wider the thing is I was so nauseous I couldn't do it like I literally could not bend down or I would throw up so I couldn't really do pregnant yoga <laughs> like all these things yeah. that you have planned out like I yeah you never know 
how yeah, you're gonna you, you don't know how you're gonna how you're gonna be um when you're um when you're pregnant and uh you do you want to take stuff right to make it easier um but i would say if you have a client that can tolerate foods and stuff you just want to make sure that they're getting a healthy dose of greens and that they're taking their prenatals because like the biggest issue that pregnant women have when it comes to their nutrition is not getting enough iron, mm. right? When you get pregnant, you have an additional nine pounds of blood circulating through your body. Like that's how much blood and blood flow you need. And so you need to make sure you're getting ample iron for that. And usually you don't get it through the diet. So you need to supplement with like the prenatals or with like um, iron rich herbs, like nettles, you need to make sure that you're taking that because if you don't have enough iron, your baby can be born with jaundice, you know? That was me. Me too. <laughs> and my daughter also had jaundice. <laughs> so common. that's the other really thing. Common. Yeah, yeah. So she had jaundice because I couldn't take all the prenatals because I would throw up. So um, there is this, a company called, I think it's called Spectra Cell. It's like a woman owned company and it's spray vitamins. Oh, cool. And so she created spray vitamins uh, for people. And I think the inspiration was that was for patients who undergoing chemotherapy that they were too nauseous to swallow, to swallow vitamins. So like spray vitamins where you actually spray them in your mouth. And so I was doing that for a bit to try to get some type of vitamins and like yeah it's a great company and it's that's really so interesting that she did that mm -hmm. i've mm -hmm. taken um like a spray magnesium but i've never seen other types so i'll have to look at it into it i'll share it with even you. though i'm like, not well, I'll, share, um, I'll share the throwing up all the time but i like <laughs> i feel like it's easier um sometimes to absorb if it does if yeah. it goes through the skin well, part of the marketing for that was like, it's absorbed 90% better than other vitamins because it doesn't have to go through your digestive like tracts. Yeah. Like it's directly absorbed through like buccal absorption, like through your mouth. Sublingual. Sublingual. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, amazing. Well, we have a little more time. So I just want to kind of, let me see if there's any other questions I had about the pregnancy stuff. Is there anything specific if people are breastfeeding like that they wouldn't want to take like herbal herb wise? Um, anything that's not really safe for young children to take, you wouldn't want to take herbal wise. Like you don't want to be taking um, Oregon grapefruit, for example, which is like a potent like um, root. You don't want to be taking that while you're breastfeeding. Um, you also want to be mindful of the types of prescription medications that you're taking. Um, so for example, um, shortly after I gave birth, I was retaining so much water that I had to go see a cardiologist and they prescribed me water pills because the water was in my lungs. Like that's how much water oh, wow. I was retaining. And um, they tell you to pump and dump. So you continue to pump breast milk, but you have to throw it out because obviously that would go to the baby. Like she doesn't need diuretics or water. Strong. Yeah. 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 So I would say uh, same thing goes with alcohol, right? Anything alcohol, like it's going to be passing off to your kids. 
Um, I would say if you're into candy, anything with artificial blue or red coloring, um, some of those studies have been linked to hyperactivity in children and um, ADHD. So you wanna be mindful of one, giving your kids uh, foods with artificial colorings and like taking in any foods with artificial colorings while you're breastfeeding because that can be passed on to your child. Um, a lot of those artificial colors are actually banned in Europe because yeah. they they have those studies and they're they're basing it off of that. So I would say um, not just avoiding herbs, but avoiding certain foods that could be bad. Um, the other thing I would avoid is um, really strong herbs. Um, I'm just trying, like, I think echinacea should be okay because it's kind of being diluted through the breast milk, but any herbs that kind of like work on your hormones, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, say, like Shisandra, for example, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take, um, um, what else is another one that works? The Vitex. I wouldn't take those types of herbs when you're breastfeeding because it could, it could impact your, your child, right? Yeah. And I'm sure too, like even just the, um, like the storage or whatever, like if you're taking certain things, maybe your hormones will shift and then you won't have as much yeah milk <laughs> but like herbs like fenugreek which is used a lot in indian cooking fenugreek uh i know that they sell fenugreek tea just adding fenugreek to your meals and stuff like if you add when you add powdered fenugreek to like a soup or a stew or something it actually gives it like a rich chicken bouillon flavor like from what yeah. I, i've observed like uh, fenugreek just has like a specific umami flavor that's really rich and delicious so like add fenugreek to your stews and stuff and it's delicious and it helps uh, support uh, lactation. Milk oh, interesting. There was like this TikTok trend last year where everyone was like, I was seeing all these people um, talking about taking fenugreek pills because apparently, or like supplements or whatever, because apparently it makes you smell good. Like your BO really? smells like, everyone's saying your BO smells like maple syrup. I was like, that's so huh. interesting. But um, they didn't talk about like any other benefits. It was just like a funny thing. But I was like, oh, I wonder why that would. <laughs> I wonder if that's true. It's kind of it, like. Um, there's so much yeah. on the internet that is a lie. <laughs> so who knows? But let me know Let's if you start that. smelling your armpits after you eat it. <laughs> I'll keep you posted for yeah, sure. Please do. I'll let you know. Okay. I'll be like, oh, mm, little maple syrup. Little, little maple syrup. Um, Feeling very fall like. <laughs> <laughs> Let yeah. me look at my notes. I want to kind of just talk about your work, like briefly before we end, like if people want to connect with you, like, and just maybe kind of a brief explanation. If someone was like, oh, I'm interested in learning about my astrology and how it links with maybe some things I could be doing internally, like how. A little bit about the structure of how you would do that for sure. people. Sure. So um, perfect timing, because as I mentioned, I'm leaving the corporate world to um, focus mostly on Temple of Wellness and my own company. Um, some of the offerings that I'm going to be doing is I'm actually going to be creating courses on herbalism, and they're Ooh. not just going to be catered to people that want to 
um, be an herbalist. Like I want regular people to be able to know how to use herbs. Like it's gonna be catered towards people who just want basic information on what herbs should I use? What herbs should I stay away from? How do I know what herbs are right for me? Like I wanna create a course for that. I also offer consultations. You can see that on my website. Um, I'm big into astrology and you'll see that on my Instagram page. So I do offer birth chart readings. Um, it's very fun for me. Uh, yeah. And I also offer like a full energetics package where you get a combo of a birth chart reading and you also get like an herbalism consultation where we kind of marry that together to basically paint a picture of the types of um, foods and herbs and lifestyle adjustments that would be supportive of you. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm That's excited. That's so to teach. cool. I'm really excited for yeah. you. I'm excited to teach. I'm excited to work one-on-one -on -one with people and I'm excited to finally be in a, um, in a space where we can be more preventative and more of like a health advocate. Whereas like I've been in an industry and the industry has been so good to me, right? Like I was able to take vacation. I can afford to quit because, you know, like they gave me such a good lifestyle. Um, but, you know, pharma is at the, it's, it's like when you're at the end of your rope, right? Like uh, at least the medicines we make, cause we make uh, cancer drugs and drugs for like multiple sclerosis and like severe, uh, severe levels of multiple sclerosis. So um, oftentimes like our intervention isn't until the very end yeah. and it's necessary and it's our drugs have changed people's lives, but I'm more interested in helping preventing you from getting there. Like we want to get to the point where you don't get diagnosed with stage three cancer and then have to refinance your house in order to be able to afford the cancer treatments, right? We want you to instead put some money aside and spend a little more on the quality foods that you're buying for yourself. Invest some time in your health, invest some time in, you know, a wellness membership, you know, whether that be in-person you know, training, whether that be going to a climbing wall, like it just looks different for everyone being active. And so just being a, a new parent, being a single parent, like knowing what it's like to work in corporate and being limited on time and just having to work with what I have, you know, it's, it's humbled me and it's given me the ability to see that, you know, not everyone has a chance to go to a retreat to get healthy and do a three 30 day detox. Like, People are just not made for that. Yes, maybe that can put you into perfect health, but most people just have a couple minutes in their day to make minor changes. Yeah. And you know, that's what you want to address. If you can be consistent on this and you can do this every day for 30 days, or you, you can make this one change in your morning, it'll have these long-term effects on your health. And so um, I, I'm very much interested in that. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. would if if you like in the future would you want to create formulas as well like someone was like they get their reading they get the information you could see what herbs would be helpful would you want to actually do that, do that do or that. would you want yeah. to be like you buy them you figure no out. no that's part of that's part of being an herbalist also so you you can give people the the formula like you can tell them what to do or you could make it for them and give it to them um it really depends on you know, what budget we're talking about, like the time, 
allotted and like your your client's lifestyle like what are their preferences and are they willing to pay for that vip experience of you making all the formulas for them and packaging it up and separating it out for them if if they would rather pay that because they don't have the time to do it but they need it then that's you know you have to be flexible to the needs of your client but then if you have a client who can't really afford the vip experience but you know they're they might be in between jobs and they have time to put stuff together you you give them the tools they need to be able to make their own medicine and there's something extremely healing and extremely therapeutic about making your own medicine because it's not just preparing the food yourself or preparing the herbs yourself and take it's like taking the time out to nourish yourself and say like this temple, this body of mine is worth me taking this time to prepare this and give this medicine to myself. And there's something extremely spiritually, physically healing about that. Like, you know, there's like power and intention. And so as much as I can get people to make their own medicine, great. Sometimes you're at a place in your life where you just don't have the energy, you don't have it in you to make your own medicine and you need somebody else's medicine and that's okay also but it's really about where you're at in your life but you can find um you can find wholeness in whatever method you choose to take that medicine or to make those adjustments yeah and I think like you said it's very much a ritual like you're putting your I have this issue I have this illness I have this or that emotional thing you have the idea of how you want to feel when you're making it and like you're putting that energy into like receiving that back from the plants yeah and and I beat myself up all the time because I know what I need to be doing what I need to be ingesting what I should be eating right like I have all this information but you just don't have the energy the energy the time and you know sometimes if all you could do is a tincture that's all you could do but I I am looking forward to kind of getting more of my health on track um once I you know leave the corporate world which is happening I think by the time you launch this podcast I'll be working for myself 100 percent so I'm excited about that so I'll be documenting some of that journey of how to get your system back into balance after almost 20 years of working in corporate America and ignoring your health (laughs) no I think that will be really valuable one for you and your healing but valuable for people to see and like um, witness that yeah I mean like health is wealth right like um I've heard this quote before but I'm going to repeat it is like a healthy person has a million dreams an unhealthy person or a sickly person only has one and that's to get better right so you know you you want to allow yourself you know the time and the space to dream and really fully understand and experience this life in your best possible health you know and physical health is a big part of that but you'll notice throughout your healing journey that there's quite a bit of spiritual changes that happen because plants also act in the spiritual um, dimension. And um, that's that's more like a happy side effect of working with them where people will notice, you know, like um, past traumas that they've had before kind of no longer trigger them when they're working, I don't know, with Rose, for example, you know, something that would emotionally hurt them here um, isn't quite as triggering 
you know, when they started taking rose just to help with their skin or to help with reproductive issues. And the side effect is that they're a little bit more emotionally resilient. So there's, there's stuff that happens at the spiritual level that we're just starting to understand with working with plants and that some ancient cultures have understood all along. And we're just kind of relearning. They're like, that's the whole point, point guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I definitely noticed that when I was taking rosemary for a while, I was taking of rosemary tincture and I notice a big um, like crown chakra awareness. Like I felt like wow. when I took it, it was like a sensation, not in my body, but like outside. Like I could feel like I could sense my aura or something like That's it really was cool. a really interesting sensation. Um but that was when I was doing this plant class. And one of the things that she talked about with Rosemary is it's like sometimes it brings up like, I guess, like emotional ghosts, kind of like things that are inside of us that maybe we have ignored. Um, so I think for, for me, it was kind of like remembering, oh, like I'm not just this body. Mm -hmm. I am spirit or whatever. <laughs> Very I, I just love how intense like your experiences are just because you're so um you're you're much more physically sensitive to things like plants and herbs that's such, that's so cool I I just like I sleep deeper sometimes like I don't really know like you'll notice it like with little things but for me it's not as it's not as apparent you know but maybe it's just about consistency I think it's also about observation yeah. like if you take the tincture and then you're just going to bed or just going to do whatever, mm -hmm. like you're just living life. But I feel like sometimes I'll take them and then I'll do my meditation or something. Oh. And it gives me a little time to observe like the sensations I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but that was something that I learned in that class. Like she had us each month, she had us try the the medicine in class and then we would like meditate and so I kind of adopted that for myself but like, like an amazing teacher I love oh that. my god I gotta get her on my friend Madeline she's amazing yeah. but before I do like my readings and stuff I take this stuff it's called star of Bethlehem flower, oh, flower essence yeah I take this <laughs> and then I had one that was um lotus flower essence sometimes I take that and Lotuses. I feel like it opens my psychicness mm -hmm. a little more it's easier to tap in which is yeah lotus is um a white lotus essential oil that i put into a blend for um for basically spirituality like spiritual meditation it's like a spiritual blend so it's got like a little bit of like palmarosa and other like spiritually enabling herbs I should say that are kind of like good for meditation for that but white lotus is like it's definitely like the quarterback of that formula mm, it's, it's good that sounds delicious I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to share it with you like yeah I, I think I put it in an oil um but it's like you know you can put it in a body oil and then like meditate with it so you know a lot of times people before they do any type of ritual like that they'll like either wash their face their hands or take a shower but afterwards you put on that body oil and it's like, Oh, I love that idea. That's so smart. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. There's like some 
uh, oil that I was using for a while, it has rose in it. And um, I would put it around my, like I do my skincare and I put it on my heart and then like go to bed. And it was like really relaxing. That's really nice. It was like called, it was something to do with like the archangels or something. Like this person, like it's, I think it's flower essence society is what they're called, but they make the essences and then they make like oils, but they incorporate Mm -hmm. like angel energy or something it's kind of interesting i'll send them to you yeah that sounds that sounds fun yeah <laughs> i miss all that stuff you yeah. know that. <laughs> well is there anything else you want to share with us before we close out i know we um, put we're gonna put your info so people can find you but um any thoughts feelings i just want to acknowledge um you know what a blessing it is to know you and to work with you. You know, you did my Akashic Records reading and that was really on point and very interesting to me. It was the first time I ever had an experience like that and you made it really enjoyable. Um, Thank you. And I'm just, I'm excited. I've seen your evolution from the beginning. And when we did our, um, our course together, right? That was like starting your own business. That was the theme of the class. Yeah, I really liked I, I liked your energy from the get-go because you like have the photo shoot ready to go. You were just out there like I was like, who is this badass bitch in her underwear just like showing these pictures, like, you know, in her crystals, like on the beach, in her underwear, like who is she? <laughs> and I loved it. And you were just like, so like everyone's like, oh, I want to start a business for this. I want to start a business for this. You're like, I'm a psychic medium and like this <laughs> is me. And I was like, <laughs> so like off the bat, but like from where you were to like, you know, where you are now, like I could see the time and energy that you took to really work on those areas of your life. Like we all have like different things that we want to be better about. Like for you it was like consistency and doing stuff. And like some of the habits that you have, like you're like, I'm a Taurus, so earth energy, like you're much more consistent than I am in like those things. So that's like, super I didn't, admirable. I was not I was exactly but you were not and here you are so I'm just like super proud of your journey um and I'm just so honored to continue to be friends with you and just like see see you grow and us to to, like see each other grow so thank you for having me on the podcast and you know I hope your listeners connect with me and I'll be connecting my people to your people and you know we'll start our, our little army our little spiritual army (laughs) <laughs> yeah and definitely like um let me know when you're gonna post like um if you're gonna post like an official website revamp thing or anything and I'll share that um so people can find yeah. it and so my website otherwise... is up. It's just not pretty yeah the website is up it's just not pretty but it should be pretty um, I'm hoping by the end of well, the it's, year. So it, I have it like works, a good so month of December. Go on there. <laughs> yes, it works. It works. That's the yeah. most important part. Um, I'll have the month of December to um so this winter I will be going inward and uh creating courses, relearning some things, getting better at stuff. What's coming up is um I'm gonna learn medical astrology. That's actually the whole reason why I got into astrology is that I I heard about medical astrology and I was like, what is this? I was like, well, I have to learn astrology if I'm gonna learn medical astrology. So essentially you can look at somebody's birth chart and you can help them 
diagnose the root cause or the root organ system of whatever they're having issues with. And that's amazing for people who have like diseases and stuff that they can't get a diagnosis for or symptoms that they just can't get a diagnosis for that they go to the doctor and they just palliate their symptoms. So it's when you have medical astrology and, and you can say like, oh, the root cause is here, your thyroid isn't producing enough of this hormone. Like that's pretty badass, you know? And then you go and you say, okay, get tell your doctor to check this, get run these tests. And, and then you for, get that confirmation too. Like you, get the you confirmation. see this, they go get their blood work done. Oh yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I want to do. I want to do medical astrology. It's really accurate, especially if you have the right teacher. Um, you have to be careful, obviously, with how you term things and say things and reiterate that you're not a medical practitioner. But for people who have had health challenges and are just looking for a way to either find out why they're not getting pregnant or find out why they have constant inflammation and pain in a certain area. And you can look at their birth chart and say, you need to look here and you can actually change somebody's life. Like literally their actual, um, the, the way their experience of life is enjoyable because they're no longer in pain or they're no longer suffering for whatever it is. So that's next. I'm going to, I'm going to become a medical astrologer. That's going to love be that for you. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, that really aligns with the work that I do. It's very much about seeing what's going on in the organs and all that to see. To me, I related to more like a past life sometimes, but I do think it's really important to find those root causes. Like, even if it's not, so it's even if it's hard to understand like the literalness of like why would that happen mm -hmm. but I think being able to yeah then tackle how to heal it once and they interconnect it. too like you can see somebody's past life details on their birth chart we won't get into it. that'll be for something else but that totally relates to where they hold energy in their body. So you can see some of the past life details and overlay that with the medical astrology portion. Like it's That's so cool. It's I, so, I want to have so you sick. do my reading. <laughs> okay. <Please>. Sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you. Like I can't, yeah, I can't tell you enough how awesome this was. <laughs> yeah. I love talking with you. So yeah, I'll put all your information out there. And then um, when this goes live, we'll share on Instagram and TikTok, all the places so, and then if people want to watch the video, it's linked in the show notes. So everything is here. Awesome. Thank well, you. Thank you. And we'll see y'all next week. Perfect. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Angel Face Magic Hour. To support the show, you can donate to us through the link in our show notes. Please Give us a rating and a review, a little five-star magic on Apple and Spotify. This allows our voice to be shared to a, the greater public. I love you guys so much. I will see you next week. Follow us on Instagram at angelfaith and dot grace. See you next week. Bye.